Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Ah, welcome back to Buckeye Talk. I I had to start the podcast that way because we did politics today, and politics makes me go. Ah, Nathan. First of I, all, I, I was a little worried that people were going to think that was like a Frank Drebin moment from uh, the Naked Gun when he now, wears the uh, microphone into the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> now Frank Drebin is OJ Simpson, right? Is that who that who plays Frank? No, Drebin? Frank Drebin is Leslie Nielsen. I know. Uh, again, forty-year-old movie reference. Um, <laughs> so uh, we did politics today, which is the last thing you want us to talk about. It's Doug Lamarie and Nathan Baird here on your Tuesday Buckeye Talk. It's the last thing you want us to talk about, and we're going to be done talking about it because the, the freaking thing is done, and the freaking NIL bill is done, and thank God. So we can stop talking about this. But we have to talk about it a little bit here. Plus, we saw Cardell Jones, and it's always good to see Cardell Jones. And I said to Cardell Jones after the NIL bill signed, I said, man, you would have killed it with NIL. He was like, ah, oh, don't even get me started. I don't want to think about it. So, I mean, again. And I and I and I, I I went down there. First of all, it's impossible. You can't make a left hand turn during the day anywhere around the state capitol. It's like you can't. There's a big sign. No left hand turns between like 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. for traffic control stuff. It took me 36 minutes to find a place to park as I circled. So that's just not that's the first reason I want nothing to do with politics. Then. You go into the governor's office. So it, me and Nathan were in there. And then uh, Bill Rabinowitz from the Columbus Dispatch was in there. What other, what other? Andrew Tobias from Cleveland.com, who's a real political reporter. It's probably like, God, why are these dumb sports guys here? What other, what other sport? Clay Hall from WSYX was there. He's a sports no other, guy. No other print and or digital sports guys that I could see or, or ladies. So we're there uh, for the signing ceremony. And we go. Because Gene Smith is there. Christina Johnson, the president of Ohio State, is there. Cardell Jones is there. Brian Schottenstein, whose family owns a furniture store and is a big-time donor. I don't know why he was there, frankly. I almost asked, like, why are you here? Um, he was there. Uh, and the governor was there. And John, Lieutenant Governor John Husted, Husted, who's a former college athlete, he was there. So they signed this bill. And I, I recorded this ahead of time, Nathan. Because I already I'm worried about this. Last time we did an NIL thing, we did it for an hour. And one of our most loyal listeners was like, I, I could barely get through that. And I agreed. It's like, we don't want to. Why are you making us do this? It's so complicated. All I want to say through all this is, is if Alabama can figure this out, Ohio should be able to figure this out better than that. How dumb is Ohio? But the people today actually basically said the same thing. And they kept saying things like, this was fumbled. And it's like, here we go. Politicians making sports analogies. And by the way, I would rather hear athletes talk about sports than hear politicians. No, I would rather hear athletes talk about politics as much as people hate that than I'd want to hear politicians talk about sports. No offense to politicians. They don't want us there. Governor DeWine has been very helpful to me. He, he, he did an interview with me last year about the coronavirus and stuff like, great. He, they got this stuff done. DeWine and Houston got this done. They got this signed. Uh, Senator Antani, who proposed it, the Ohio State Senator who proposed the initial NIL bill in consultation with Ohio State, got this done. Credit to them. 
But Nathan, they kept talking about center. Antonio kept talking about like, oh, this was fumbled. And it really shouldn't have been this complicated. And we shouldn't have not. So what happened is they signed an executive order, Mike DeWine did, to make NIL happen by July 1st because House member Jenna Powell chucked an amendment onto the bill that everybody loved and screwed up the passage. It still passed in the House, but they lost the emergency authorization that would have gotten it done by July 1st. But actually, again, I recorded a little song about how a bill becomes a law in Ohio that I'll, I'll play in a little bit. But Nathan, they kept talking about how this was fumbled, how this was fumbled, right? And we said that a million times today. And by the way, I have a couple of things. That, oh, I have a thing. Well, this is a rant Tuesday. Sometimes every now and then, a couple, like a year ago, somebody said, I like it when you guys were a little more loose on the pod and had fewer plans. We ain't got no plans. I'm writing down the things I want to rant about. And uh, I have five. One of them is whole grain donuts. So get ready for that. We probably won't go two hours. We're going to get out of here. Nathan, it shouldn't have been this hard. We had to go to do this today. It should not have been this hard. And everybody there agreed. Yes. I mean, it, my, my wife, who people know, uh, covers some Ohio State stuff with the Columbus business first, but not the not the sports side of things, the business side of, of the athletics. She used to cover the state house in Indiana. And when this was first proposed by Antani and said, oh, we're going to have this done by July 1st, she just kind of laughed. And she's like, what are you crazy? Like somebody at the state house level is going to there's going to be some crazy person who's going to interrupt this. And that's Essentially, I guess what ended up happening, uh, I think the, the, the sports reporters probably learned a little bit about the, the political process, because I think we're more used to something like the NCAA political process, which is glacial, as we're seeing with this glacial and ineffective, whereas on the, the true political side of politics, it's a lot more maneuvering and what you saw last week with Powell adding the amendment and all that stuff. But that is the consensus. I mean, Christina M. Johnson we was speaking to her, with her later, and she said that she woke up this morning and she's a former college athlete, although a very different era, a very different situation than you're talking about with Ohio State football players, but, but saying like, why, why wasn't this done a long, long time ago. And that's, I think, the, everyone's overriding feeling on this. There were those of us who, watch well, from the outside, who've been saying that for a long time. I think the people in, the, in, in power are finally seeing now just how, um, how meaningless a lot of this time has been that you haven't been able to get something passed that had this set up in an ordered way years and years and years ago because the the common sense should have been there already there was just a lack of political will so she thinks it should have been done years ago like like not like a not like six months ago but like why why did it take this long why did it take Correct. california yeah. doing this a couple of years ago to get everybody in gear which is what i asked senator antoni and gene smith when they proposed this 38 days ago because there's a lot of backslap it isn't this great now and it's ridiculous that it took this long so and i asked governor dewine that because there's uh, uh, how much I can't how much do we want to do this? Do we want to talk about this? Do people want us? To, we got to talk for five and put a clock on it. The whole thing today was basically the SEC is doing this stuff, and Ohio if Ohio doesn't do it, Ohio State's going to get screwed and fall behind. And it was a lot of if Alabama and Florida jump off a bridge, we better hurry up and jump off a bridge, which is but fine and is realistic, right? That, that's all today was about. That's what I've tried to emphasize in everything I've written and texted and tweeted. Today was about July 1st. That's all that today was about. And we need to mention that within like a half hour of this big ballyhooed press conference of the governor doing this signing, they also sent out a release that Senator Antani had proposed an amendment that had been accepted by the budget committee uh, to just add his original bill onto the budget and it will go into effect by July 1st. So they're covering all the bases to get this done by July 1st. July 1st is all this is about. And by the way, we need to stop saying July 1st. We need to start saying Thursday because it's right here. It's like smacking us in the face now. So Taraja Mitchell is going to be able to start selling t-shirts and making money off of it on Thursday. We believe Thursday at 12 well, 1 a.m. Right. Because, I mean, because they signed it. That's what today was about. They signed the thing. He signed the executive order to make that happen. They also said, Senator Antoni said, and Mike DeWine agrees, like they're, they're still going to pass the bill because as we know, executive orders, which happen a lot on the federal level, level now, Barack Obama did a lot, Donald Trump did a lot. When you do an executive order, they're very easy to undo. So Senator Antoni said, we don't want to have a governor come in and undo this in 10 years. So we're still going to pass legislation and they will. And then, by the way, there's going to be federal legislation on this, which is going to trump everything at the state level. And come like next January, all the state stuff's going to be irrelevant because it's going to be a national 
guiding principle and a law on this. So all of this is just a patch. This is a patch on a patch. And it's only it's necessary. To me, it's, it's, it's like insurance. It's like this is this ensures that you have a law by July 1st when these other states have a law. But the only reason the other states have a law is because there wasn't going to be a federal law by this summer. Right. So that's why they jumped to begin with. But it does aggravate me that the whole conversation today was, well, Alabama did it. Florida did it. So I asked Governor DeWine, I said, OK, there's all this competition stuff. Like if there wasn't a need to follow the 19 other states that already have it, most of them in the South, do you actually support this? If Ohio was first, do you actually on its face support the idea of college athletes being able to make outside money? And he just said, I think it's time, which is it's past time. I mean, like that's OK. Right. That's his point. My point is it's way past time. So all the backslapping that's now happening and all the political mumbo jumbo about competition and Ohio needs to keep up and Ohio is all about recruiting great competition. You could have done it 10 years ago and been a leader. If you actually cared, you're just a follower now. And that when, when a California proposed this three years ago, everybody was like, let California sink into the ocean. We're never doing this. And now all of a sudden everybody's like competition. Oh, we can't fall behind. We better do it. So that's why it's happening. And now let's play the song. Well, I'm only a bill and I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. I'm a bill about name, image and likeness. I passed out of the Ohio Senate by a vote of 33 to nothing. I then went to a committee in the state house. That committee passed me by a vote of 13 to one. I then should have been passed nearly unanimously by the house and signed into law by Governor Mike DeWine. Instead, a nonsense amendment was attached on my back. As a result, I passed only by a vote of something like 56 to 37. The fact that they could not get 66 votes in the House or two thirds meant there could not be emergency action to make it go into effect by July 1st. As a result of that amendment, the Ohio Senate then attached an NIL amendment to a bill about military IDs. They then also tried to pass that. That really wasn't doing anything. So Governor Mike DeWine then signed an executive order to get this done by July 1st. However, the House will still try to pass a new bill and somehow reconcile this with the Senate bill so we actually can get legislation that makes sense and is agreed upon by everybody and signed into law by Governor Mike DeWine. So this can be long lasting and not just an executive order. And that's how politics, oh, and also they put it in the budget. And that's how politics works in Ohio, this screwed up state. No offense to Ohio. It's screwed up everywhere. That's how politics, and that's just like, this This would be like if they said they gave Urban Meyer a contract. Well, actually, they do that. Because if they gave Urban Meyer a contract extension, and as part of it, they added an amendment, they had to give Tim Beck a contract extension. But, you know, Tim Beck did get to work for Urban Meyer for two years. Nathan, it, it just infuriates me. Two things have happened here. And I didn't tweet this because I don't want to make it about me, even though I make most things about me. When this happens, I either think two things. One, I want to cover politics. And I want to go in and just like set everything on fire. But guys like Andrew Tobias and Jeremy Pelzer and the people that we have doing it for us are much better than me. And, you know, they're smarter than me. And I couldn't just go and set things on fire. But then I just want to run for office. I just want to run for office and just like be like, all right, I'm just going to like do stuff that makes sense. Who cares what my politics are? It's just going to make sense. This is so aggravating. We're almost done. We're almost done talking about it. Nathan, it's so aggravating that this is our political system. And they sort of made it sound like, because I asked Governor DeWine, so this is how you guys do things? Like, where's a bunch of sports people here? There's sports people watching this. Like, this is how you guys do stuff? And it was sort of like, well, it got done, didn't it? But yeah, I, I hate it. I hate every morsel of this. And most of the problem is Jenna Powell. But also, I mean, Jenna Powell is not the only person like this in politics. I don't know anything about her. All I know is what she did in this situation. And it was take advantage of a thing that everybody agreed about and slap a thing on it that was divisive. And it didn't matter what it was. And that's what I wrote before. And basically what I wrote on Friday, like everybody today agreed. I mean, and it, it, as you said, it was brought up today. You know, we're both fans of uh, the West Wing and there's a line in the West Wing about two things you never want to let people see how they're made, laws and sausages. And this is this was an example of the former. I mean, 
but nobody today seemed really all that surprised by it. They all just kind of shrugged their shoulders, whether it was DeWine, whether it was Antani himself. He said he had about 30 hours heads up that that amendment was coming, that there would be an amendment attached to the bill as the House was trying to pass it. I think he had to know what the outcome of that was going to be because politically it left people with an inability to then now vote in favor of that bill. And it was going to sidetrack everything as far as the July 1st thing. So then it just becomes, then you start doing the backdoor option. That, I guess that was the the way people have been asking me, like, why didn't they just do the executive order to begin with? And you would have gotten it done. And I think the answer is because, because you don't want that to be the way that that government is run, that it's just decrees from the executive office at any level. That's just doing things that it should be this, more of a last ditch effort to, to get those sort of things accomplished. And that's what they've done here. But as you said, it's, that's actually not going to be the thing that holds up in the long run either. Right. There's going to be these other laws that that's, that supersede that. So, so, and I didn't, I, I didn't want to blow the whole news conference up and go down this road, but there was part of me that they were so heavy. There were a lot of analogies about like competition and recruiting the best people to Ohio and that this is no different than recruiting some company just announced that they're moving, you know, whatever, some facility to Columbus. that was a big deal. Great. I mean, I'm not making that. I'll bring jobs. That's great. But they we want to recruit the best people to Ohio. And this college legislation increases Ohio State's chances and the chances of all universities in Ohio to recruit the best athletes because NIL is important to them. So then my next question was, well, what if Alabama and Florida pass rules that you can pay athletes? Like, are you just going to be in favor of like, well, now Ohio's going to pay athletes because we've got to keep up with Alabama and Florida at all costs? Because apparently, like, there's no leadership in Ohio. We're just following along with everybody else. So, listen, you think people in Alabama are that against paying college athletes for real? You think they're like that there's like you don't think that if if, if somebody got a, uh, decided to start going that way and made it an issue that we couldn't come around on bipartisan consensus like, you know what? They do make billions of dollars for the university. And if we pay our players outright, we'll get even more good players. You don't think that could happen? And then Ohio's going to be like, well, I guess we better do it. I mean, like the lack of foresight and the lack of actual principles on this, that it's all about like keeping. And then it was like, well, you had principles before when it was preventing athletes from having endorsement uh, opportunities. Now you're just like, well, Alabama did it. It's just like that part of it actually just makes me want to be like, let's wipe everybody out of office and get people in our state who actually think what they think. Now this needed to be done, but the fact that it's all about all they talked about, Nathan, was that, well, the, all the schools in the South did it. And so we have to do it, which is true. But also, frankly, that's a little overwrought. The idea that like if they didn't get it done by July 1st, it's supposed to take 90 days for law to go into effect if they didn't have the emergency stuff. Like you said, it's all about July 1st. If this didn't get done until October 1st in Ohio, I mean, you really think Ohio State's going to lose 10 recruits? No. I, I mean, it's overwrought because the recruits aren't here. The recruits can't make any money yet. Now, Taraja Mitchell wouldn't be able to sell his T-shirts for another three months, and he should be able to sell his T-shirts starting Thursday. So that's really who would get screwed, except that's not what they were talking about. They talked about recruiting incessantly. The guys can't sign until December. You could have got this done without emergency authorization or an executive order before signing day in December, right? You could have said, well, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It would have been like certainly a setback, but much more of a minor setback than Ohio State's making it out to be because they're trying to push their agenda, which is fine. But uh, again, like that's a little, that's just like false to me. It would be a minor thing. It would not be the end of the world if Ohio didn't go on July 1st. So again, and listen, I don't expect these, this is too long. Are people tuned out? Is this too long on politics? I don't expect the politicians to be experts on this stuff. That's fine. They frankly do have other things to worry about. Another tangent. The other more important things to worry about than this. They have more important things to worry about this. And before, when you were saying that about the reason, you know, Alabama or California, whoever is coming up with this because there wasn't going to be a federal solution. There also wasn't going to be an NCA solution. And finally, today, the NCA, one of the other things that happened is the D1 Council is now recommending to the Board of Governors that they basically just do away with their amateurism rules as they pertain to NIL. Now, today, on June 28th, they've come to that conclusion that and if a state has a law, the, the, the schools in that state can follow it. And if the state doesn't have a law, the schools can come up with their own rule. But now there just won't be any amateurism as, as it relates to NIL. But and, 
Go and ahead. part of it is like people are saying, for instance, so Ohio has now law now has this executive order. But like Mike DeWine said, you can't make money with casinos. You can't do it with illegal substances. If your state doesn't have a law, now you actually have more rights as an athlete because the NCAA is going to say you can do whatever you want. And so now if your state didn't pass a law, you can make agree- an agreement with a casino because your state doesn't have a law. And the NCAA said you're not going to lose your eligibility. This is all about the NCAA saying you're going to lose your eligibility if you get outside money off being an athlete. And this is state saying, no, it's illegal for the NCAA to do that. Our state law trumps what this organization says. That's all this is. That nobody, a, a state at any point in the history of states could have said, you know what? Screw the NCAA. We're going to say our guys can make money. Our athletes, our women can make money. Nobody ever said it. So hold the back slapping. Nobody ever freaking said it. And now we're going to stand in the governor's office and act, act like this is just common sense. It was common sense 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. And then it took this long. And now the NCAA is just going to give up. Now the NCAA just gives up. Here's the other thing that happened today. God, it's too much politics. God, this is too much politics. But politics also deserves to be called out as stupid. The, the amendment that was attached to the bill that screwed everything up was banning transgender athletes from playing sports, high school sports in Ohio, that you had, you had to play sports under the gender that you were when you were born. That's the amendment. Mike DeWine is against that. I talked to Christina M. Johnson. Johnson. She's against that because they said the OHSAA is handling that. There is an over, there's an oversight body for high school athletes. And they deal with issues like that on an individual basis. And they, Mike DeWine said, I don't want to make a law. I don't want to sign a law that covers everything unless the individual, unless the oversight body that is an expert on these situations and has been dealing with them proves inadequate, right? Proves they can't do it. So like the whole, so the whole reason now is like, well, they don't really want a state law for that because they believe in the OHSAA. Meanwhile, every state in the freaking union is making a law because guess what? The oversight body for college sports that's supposed to be in charge with this, of this stuff, is so inadequate that states had to step in and the federal government's going to have to step in. I would go, I'm not for, nobody should be injured and no destruction of property, but like, you know, uh, not what's the thing that it's not real, but it's fake. Not literally, figurative, Virtual, figurative, yes. Figuratively, the NCAA corporate headquarters should be burned to the ground because their solution to this is like, well, states are doing it. I guess we give up. I mean, it is embarrassing. Mark Emmert should be fired tomorrow. Anybody making a salary from the NCAA, justify your existence. All you should do is like run championships, secure the building, make sure there's snacks, right? Organize the bracket. Anything else you have proven incompetent. So why do you exist? And that's what this, that's what the governor of Ohio is basically making that point, right? We don't want to have to step in because we believe in the oversight body. But when it comes to this, we are stepping in because the NCAA is so irrevocably broken. It's embarrassing for the NCAA, and it is embarrassing for every politician who had the power to do something about this broken body two decades ago and just gave in and said, oh, well, they said you can't make it a commercial or you won't be an amateur athlete anymore. Nobody should have trusted the NCAA for the last 25 years. That it's taken this long is not a celebration. It is not a celebration of athletes' rights. It is an embarrassment that it took this long. And I'm going to go write that later. But that it is so aggravating because everybody agrees now the NCAA screwed up. And of course, athletes should be allowed to do this. Now everybody agrees, and it took them this long to agree. Yeah, I thought that's actually really apt. Uh, um by you that that, because Dwayne didn't actually say that overtly but when you look at the totality of what happened today what is what is he saying he's like saying well we're we think that the ihsa or i'm sorry ohsa lapsing back into indiana again um will you know can handle this or is handling this or we want to see how they're handling this but on this other question yes the nca has completely abdicated it and 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 people, no one has any faith in. That's why at the federal level, you've got multiple bills. That's why you've got every individual state doing this. Um, I, I did want to say, 
I had a conversation with, with Christina M. Johnson in the hall and we were asking her, it was myself and Bill Rabinowitz there, just asking her uh, somehow the, 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 the thought of like, well, if Justin Fields had won, had, had been able to get a million dollar endorsement last year, what would, you know, would that have been okay with you? And her response was basically like, Hey, it's an open market. And I thought that was a huge moment because that has been the crux of this argument for decades that on one side of this, you have a closed market. The athletes are, it, they're closed off from any earning opportunity. And on the other side, you have an open market where, where coaches and ADs and everyone else can be enriched to almost like no, no end. And now this is finally, you're getting people who just sort of with a shrug of their shoulders saying, well, it's an open market now. And like, it just, the, 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 how casual that has now become after decades of these walls being built toward in front of that is a, a little bit uh, frustrating. I guess this is the march of history, right? This is what history is. It's like people aren't allowed to do something and then they are allowed to do it. And it's, it's like, not a great march. It's like a drunken, like just you're trying to climb up the steps after a two day bender or something like that. And you're crashing into things and you fall down and you sleep a little while and then you wake back up and you stumble some more. It's not a march. The, the unanimity almost makes it worse that like now that everybody agrees, if there were still yeah. holdouts and it's like, well, we went from 20 percent of people and politicians think that athletes should be able to make money to 30 percent to 40 percent to finally we got over 50 percent. Right. And that's we finally got over the the halfway mark. And that's why the laws are passing now. But they're unanimous. We went from like everybody against it to everybody for it for it, which is, you know, if I knew anything about history, it's like I, how often has that been the case that you go from everyone against to everyone for it almost feels like it should have been harder here at the end, which makes me curious about what's next. I do think there's a little bit of a line in the sand that like, this is the last thing that's going to happen before you pay players. Like this is everything. Everything else has been done. And I do think that's like a different issue, right? That, that is like, the, cause if that's money out of the university and the athletic department's pockets, that's different. Well, so it, I, and there's also, it's also different in how then the universities can treat the, what would then be employees too. It's, it's a total, I mean, it's much more complicated and it's a direct thing and there are Title IX implications and there's a lot of different things. So there's a part of me that's like, well, we still might be pretty far away from it. But then there's another part of me that's like, it's it switched so quickly here. Maybe we're not that far away from it because this is kind of the last thing. So I will say when I talked to Christina, Christina M. Johnson, uh, I had spoken with her on Zoom whenever it was last year when they were doing some interviews after she took over and they were sort of running through people and she and I talked for like 20 minutes and it was like, Oh, we talked on zoom last year. And she's like, Oh, you look much younger in person. <laughs> was like the first thing she said to me. So like, I, it's always one of those things, Nathan, of like, I don't know, which is if like, if she had said, you look much older and bedraggled in person. I thought you were, I thought you were 35. And now that I see you here in person, are you like 55? But it was, I don't know that which one's better. Neither is great. It feels like when it's like, well, there is a certain time of there's a certain way that people look at you that they think you are very, very old and beaten down. And then it turns out, oh, maybe not so much. But that was like her first reaction to seeing me. I, I thought I thought she was going to say, oh, I thought it was my speakers, but you really are this loud. Which is like and it's like we're like in a quiet little room in the back and it's like President Johnson. This is going live on Buckeye Talk. Okay. Let's talk about JTT. Let's talk about uh, someone who's been giving us weird reviews that I want to talk about. We're talking briefly about Ohio State Olympians. Olympians, But first, uh, I want to talk about whole grain donuts next on Buckeye Talk. Doug Lamarissa, Nathan Baird. That's my list of rants that we got to get to be a tech subscriber at 614-350-3315. So the whole grain donut thing is I was at a hotel over the weekend and they had like a Spring Hill Suites. They had the free like package stuff um, for breakfast. And I got chocolate covered donuts, like the donuts that are just every inch of them is covered in chocolate. Right. We know what I'm talking about. Little five in a pack. Not a cake donut. It's like a it's frosted a, donut. It's a frosted. It's that deep. That deep, like kind of like dark chocolate coating, every inch of the donut is dipped yes, in I chocolate. Know what you mean. Yes, it's like a, like a yellow interior. You would think, 
you would think. Oh, I, I've struck on the, the crux of the, the problem. So I bite into this thing and it is not yellow in the middle. It is not white. It's like off brown. It's beige. And it's because it is a whole grain donut. It is covered every inch of it. Every centimeter of it is covered in thick chocolate. And this is the point where people are going to decide, you know what? Better go whole grain. Better keep that breakfast healthy. The idea, like the way that America thinks, it's like, what'd you have for breakfast? It's like, oh, I had uh, I had three packs of chocolate covered mini donuts. It's like, wow, I don't know if that's how, oh, they were whole grain. It's fine. They, who wants a whole grain donut? If I want to be healthy, I'm, I'll eat fruit. But if I want to eat a donut, I want to eat a donut. It, I had never experienced it. And whoever invented it should be fired. Have you ever eaten a chocolate-covered whole grain donut? It was disgusting. I don't think I have. I don't know if I've ever had a whole grain donut under any circumstances. Because why would you? Because who would eat them? Right? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't eat a lot of donuts. Um, but I don't even know where I, would, where I would encounter one. It would almost be one of those things you think you'd have to get it like, oh, like at Starbucks. Someplace that, were, that like maybe caters to a healthier clientele that you would maybe find them there. You would, you'd have to ask for them specifically. You wouldn't think that just on the pile of things at Spring Hill Suites. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm really, I, I hope that we get back the traditional continental breakfasts. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was a lot of, yeah, I, I, maybe not. That may be one of the last things to come around. Um, but when you eat a donut, you know what you're getting into, yeah. right? I mean, like you, it's, so anyway, that just felt like, that is politics to me. It's like, uh, we're going to make donuts. It's like, well, let me have, attach an amendment to that. The donut inside must be whole grain. And it's like, okay, well, at least we're getting donuts. It's like, oh, they are donuts, but they are disgusting. You have taken away the essence of a donut by making it whole grain. So you have on its surface, on its surface, it's a donut because it's chocolate covered. But then when you bite into it, nobody is happy because you are not eating healthy and you are also not eating delicious. And this is this whole process has been a whole grain donut. I'm going to try to make that. You know how like people say, I mean, there's, you know, there's phrases for things that are, are they're screwed up. Yeah. I'm just going to try to make that happen. Ah, that's like, a, that's a whole grain donut of an idea. You're saying that like in the same way that there are rhinos, Republicans in name only, that's like a thing that gets thrown out in politics. This was a dino, a donut in name only. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We did that. Let's do a little JTT because we did get a texture question from the 814. I'd be absolutely shocked if J, uh, JT Tuma. No, I'm not thinking about it. Wait, I'm not. JT Tumalau does not announce in the next 24 hours. This was sent at five o'clock on Monday. Classes start July 1st at Ohio State, which is a point that Stephen made on the JTT podcast we did. And they've already begun at or and they've already begun at Oregon. I've always believed he's going to Ohio State. And I think with the NIL. Finally being official, that was the last thing the family wanted. Now, Nathan, I said, well, what's the difference of it? If Ohio State, which hosted JT Tumalau and his family last week, knew that that was a snag for them, then that adds new urgency to July 1. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, as you said before, a lot of these things are more theoretical and how many, how many, athletes potential athletes would this really apply to but here's one that's like right in front of their face and in some cases i mean alabama dropped out of the running which is something we can talk about here too but you know it was they were going head to head with a state uh, a school from a state that had the law on the books already oregon i can't remember what their situation is they're not one of the states that has a july 1st law um, but there are some other states that have passed laws that could go into effect earlier if necessary and things like that so i don't remember where oregon sits but I will say that the thing about the when the classes start, that's not necessarily a big deal. I, I think I, I remember it said, I don't know if I said this on the text or on the pod one time, but I, I covered a, a grad uh, transfer one time who didn't um, announce until like October that he was coming to that school and they still enrolled him in classes for that semester and he played basketball that year. I mean, like, so there's, they, they can work with this a little bit, especially when we only talk about a matter of days. But I think the thing that the, the most intriguing thing that happened was 
everyone had wondered if Alabama having the last uh, visit was going to be significant. And as it turned out, they canceled that visit. Alabama is not part of this decision. Uh, Oregon, according to the business of college sports.com, which I've been leaning on a lot, business of college sports.com, they have a tracker that has been following uh, that, that just lists everything happening in every state. Oregon set to be implemented July 1st, waiting for the governor's signature on the law. Okay. So that would put Oregon and Ohio now on equal footing. Um, Illinois so, is also a state. There's several states that have the law passed. The governor just needs to sign it. Yeah, but as it relates to so JT Tumalau is down to Oregon, Washington, USC, and Ohio State, three on the West Coast and Ohio State. We spent a lot of time talking about the idea that, you know, it feels like a lot of kids on the on the West Coast are are realize if you want to win a national championship, you might have to be kind of far from home. And so then Alabama and Ohio State are kind of, you know, competing on equal footing. Then when you take Alabama out of it, now, if he wants to compete for national championship, it feels like Ohio State's the only one right now. Now, maybe he get like Oregon's really good. Washington's really good. USC might be bouncing back to what USC once was, but they're not on Ohio State's level right now. So that certainly seemed like a, a very interesting development. Again, I don't we have not talked about it on the podcast since it happened. It is old news. And by the time you listen to this Tuesday morning, he may have announced. But that obviously was a, a rather gigantic development, Nathan. Yeah, and I thought it said to me that we had been looking at this the wrong way, maybe from the start. Or not the wrong way, but just we we were dealing with incomplete information. As we've talked before, really, the only person he talks to is Brandon Huffman, the uh, recruiting director out west for 24-7 Sports. So everything has come through him. I think he's done a good job reporting on the, the developments here and, and what the Tumala family is thinking. But it was an assumption everyone made that Alabama going last meant something good for Alabama. I think what it what I took away from that as soon as I heard it was I think and 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 then there was also Tumalau's comments to Huffman basically saying, This is a feeling I've had for a while, made me think he wasn't really ever that Alabama was kind of always last on the list anyway. I don't think there was he wasn't really that sold on whether he even needed to visit Alabama because he didn't think that that was where he was his heart wasn't in that. That wasn't where they weren't a a contender in the same way that Ohio state, Oregon, and these other schools were. So it's interesting that we spent so much conversation about that. And as it turns out that they were, they're already off the list and they didn't even get the visit. And I don't know. We tell everybody everything. We can edit it out. If we don't want it out there, we're supposed to have Brandon Huffman on Buckeye talk soon. Yes. We're trying to get him for, uh, it would be for BFF at the latest. And then we've got some flexibility depending on, what happens here in the next 24 hours or so BFF on Thursday, we're thinking we might talk to him Wednesday morning. And part of us kind of thinks, well, you know, I guess we're going to talk to him. Maybe there's, there's news that'll be final and official. So, I mean, you know, it does seem like, it does seem like it's time for the, like he has all the information. I mean, what else is he waiting for? It, it should be soon. And when it happens, we will write about it and talk about it on Buckeye talk. And there are Uh, logistics. Like you do have to move cross country potentially to start classes. And then there's, there are things that go into that. I mean, it's not, you know, you can do them somewhat in, you know, he can make, he can make a move and then they'll ship him some other stuff, I guess, stuff like that. I don't know, but there are some logistics that the urgency is picking up a little. Okay. So I want to talk about, we could use some more reviews at uh, Apple podcasts for Buckeye talk. Um, Because someone, there's a person who has like a long review in there who is like using their review as a way, they just keep updating the review, which I don't even know is possible. But like, they just, they, they write like 500 words about like the latest episode and then they update it. Like they had a whole big thing. Like they, didn't, they didn't like our JT Tumala podcast and they wrote like a whole big thing about it. It's like, okay. And, but then they wrote like a whole big thing about Kay Kessler after on top of it and wrote like 500 words about it. I guess it's a five-star review, but it's like, that's not actually what reviews are. And I don't want to see that as the top review anymore. So I almost don't care what the review is. Could someone go in and do a review for Buckeye Talk? So I don't have to see that as the latest review because it's not what it's intended to be. The interaction is fine. The criticism is fine. I just, that's not what reviews are. So please, I'm not, I'm not going to tell the person to stop doing it, but please help us. I don't care what the stars are. I just don't want that as the top review. And the thing I do want to address is the person was mentioning that like we're behind on news on the podcast. It's not a daily 
news podcast. So we don't all, and by the way, find another five day a week Ohio State podcast that goes for an hour every day and then come back. It's okay if you have critiques for how we do business, but it is not a daily news podcast. We, we, it's a daily news website. It's a daily news tech subscription, but that's not what this is. We come up with the most interesting ideas that anybody has about podcasts on Ohio State football. By the fact that you said it's a 500-word thing about Kay Kessler based off the Ohio State-UCLA game, which is great. But we're not behind. And by the way, they were complaining. I went on vacation. I went to Disney World for 10 days. I recorded eight podcasts ahead of time so that you would not just go two weeks without hearing my voice. So, like, I'm not really here for the your podcasts aren't timely criticism in June when we do five freaking podcasts a week. So it's directed at you, person who is doing these reviews. You can say what you want, but dear God, please, someone else drop a review on top of it. It is not a daily news podcast. And find another place. Find somebody else who recorded eight podcasts ahead of time to keep serving the audience before I went on a freaking vacation. So it just, I'm just angry about some crap, man. Be better, be better. We're not perfect, but be better. Uh, donut makers, be better. I think you were already teed up before you ate that donut. I was in the lobby of my hotel at two o'clock in the morning, writing a column about NIL. So like, yeah. It's not a daily news podcast. And if it if it's slightly not break, it's not CNN. People go on vacation. Jackholes, man. All right, we're going to talk about Olympians next on Buckeye Talk. Doug Lamarice and Nathan Baird, 26 Olympians with Ohio State connections have qualified so far for the Summer Olympics. Nine for the U.S. Olympic team. That's five current Buckeyes, three former Buckeyes, and one incoming High school senior about to be an Ohio State freshman Buckeye. That's nine for Team USA. And then a bunch of other people, rowers and fencers and people doing all kinds of different sports. And as people listening here remember, or maybe don't remember because they don't care about my life and why should you? Nine years ago, I covered the Olympics in London. It was the best thing I ever covered. It was the best things I ever did in my life. I'd go to Tokyo tomorrow if somebody would pay to send me. Um And I wrote a story back then, Nathan, about the idea that like the Ohio State football team is part of the Olympic movement because the Ohio State football team makes the money that supports the Olympic sports that don't make any money that then create Olympic athletes for America. And as we are moving forward here, like in this NIL world, will athletes be paid eventually? I mean, I do think there's a world where if you start actually paying football players and basketball players and the players whose sports make money, Maybe you can't have quite as many sports teams as you do now. While I think it is like noble that Ohio State football supported these 26 Olympic athletes, because guess what? There's no football players in the Olympics, except for Nate Ebner, who is a rugby guy and I think went one time, but he he didn't go this year. There's no football in the Olympics. So the football players aren't getting to go to Tokyo. But they're making the money that supports the other. But nobody asked them, right? Like it is, they are supporting fencing and rowing and swimming and track and field, not by choice. It's because someone decided that's the system that we're going to use. And these Olympic athletes make great sacrifices. I mean, you know, everybody, like it used to be a thing like eight or 12 years ago. It was like, hey, our Olympic athletes work at Home Depot. And it was always like, is that, remember when that was like a big campaign? And it was like, is that something we should be bragging about? They're going to represent our country. We don't have a way to have a U.S. Olympic Federation that like pays athletes to train full time to represent our country. Is that too much to ask? So like that was always odd to me. So, but I I am conflicted by it, Nathan. And I do think the Olympic movement in this country will be affected if we start paying football players, but like tough noogies, then maybe somebody else is going to have to figure out a way to have swimmers and fencers and rowers 
have an outlet for competition and training other than having football players pay the bill for the new rowboat. Well, it's always been a disingenuous part of the argument to me that you can say, well, if you start paying athletes, then we're going to skip right over the expenditure towards coaches salaries and other things like that and go right to taking away the rowing program, taking away the lacrosse program, taking away the swimming program. Like they just jump right over this huge pile of money that goes out and say, well, if we have to pay the athletes then it means it has to take away from other athletes, that's always been a disingenuous argument to me. I think the good, the good thing about NIL though, is that you start to, you, you get around that a little bit without you, you're taking it away. You're taking it off of the, the college's plates. So they get to, you know, regulate it to some extent. And that's obviously being hashed out, but the revenue doesn't have to come from the school itself. So that's the way to get around this. We were talking to Christina M. Johnson about this today too, because uh, somebody, uh, she kind of joked like, Oh, the, I wouldn't have benefited from this. She played um, lacrosse and field hockey, both I think at Stanford. And, um, she said, and I was like, wait a second, though, like, wouldn't you have benefited because you could have done a camp, you could have done a field hockey camp, a lacrosse camp. And, and she's like, oh, actually, and then like, I, I, now that you mentioned it, like, we actually did have a team that qualified for I don't remember, I don't think she said which sport, but would have qualified for the Olympics in 1980, which the United States didn't end up sending athletes to the 80 Olympics uh, for reason, political reasons. But um, the, now those athletes can then in turn, would then have endorsement opportunities now that they couldn't take advantage of in the past because it would be against NCAA regulations. I was watching the, uh, the gymnastics trials and the track and field trials on uh, Sunday night. And, you know, you're watching Simone Biles, who is, I mean, one of the greatest individual athletes in the world and uh, who I actually had the opportunity to talk to at the, when Cleveland hosted the MLB all-star game two summers ago, uh, she came and played Simone Biles, Ohio State fan. Simone Biles, originally from Columbus, wound up sort of being like adopted by her grandparents, who she calls now mom and dad. They moved to Houston. But I had read that like on her Wikipedia page that she was sort of like an Ohio State. She said some things. And so when I talked to her at the All-Star game, I was like, what's up with the Ohio State thing? And she said her dad, who was actually her grandfather, has like a TV room at his house that is just filled with brown stuff and Ohio State Buckeye stuff. So like she like claim if you are an Ohio State fan and you are because you're listening to this claim Simone Biles. Her dad loves the Buckeyes. I would assume, right, that there are people listening to this. It's like go up and tell tell your friends, "Hey, I have something in common with Simone Biles." Well, oh, what is it? Our dads both love the Buckeyes. She's legit. She's Ohio zone. Take her. She's unbelievable. I'm watching her do 75 flips in the air. They go to a break. And there's an Uber Eats commercial with Simone Biles in it. And I was like, oh, that's going to be what Ohio State football games are like. And there was a time when, guess what? Olympic athletes couldn't do a commercial because God forbid that an Olympian make a buck. And they figured, by the way, the fact that it took, we figured that out for Olympic athletes, like however long ago, two decades ago. A long and time. It, yeah. it took I mean, this long, but in our lifetimes, Nathan, in yes. our lifetimes, uh, it's it's long. It's been recent enough that I remember when there were more strictures on that. But 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 it's been changed for a long time. And I mean, Dan and Dave were doing the thing for was that the ninety two Olympics? Yeah, yeah, the the athletes guys. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, thirty yeah. years ago. So that's what is that's what's going to be like. That you're going to be watching the Ohio State Oregon game, and then there's going to be a commercial. Now, it'll be more common if you're watching it in Ohio and they drop in some of the local commercials. But there's going to be a commercial where, um, you know, Zach Harrison is on the commercial. But there's going to be a couple national commercials, too, if they have the right guy where somebody's going to be smart enough. And I don't you know, but like where where's where Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are like doing something. They're going to catch a touchdown pass. And you're going to go to break. And it's going to be like, hey, it's Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. You know, we we always we have good hands and we support the good hands people at Allstate or whatever. If anybody gets a brain at Allstate, they're going to do that commercial. So like and like it wasn't it was just normal, but it's it's going to feel so abnormal for college athletes because it hasn't happened. So it's just a reminder, Nathan, of like that. Again, there was a time when Simone Biles couldn't do that. And there was a time when Chris Olave couldn't do that. And now they're all going to be able to do it. But don't you think that's what it's going to be like? Not every single commercial, but some of no. them. 
It's like it'll be like an NFL Sunday. I mean, you watch an NFL game and there's like a commercial for whatever, and then the next commercial is like you know uh, Aaron Rodgers with the State Farm or whatever, or Kyler or uh, Patrick Mahomes or whoever. I mean, it's like it's it's just it's we don't even think about it at the at the pro level, and for, for and and I think someday like you know my kids someday watch a college football game and it'll be second nature to them. Like they won't it'll be mind-blowing to them that there was a time when we told athletes they couldn't do that so 26 olympians the five current ohio state athletes who are on team usa and i apologize for this again i didn't prep adelaide aquila in track and field i apologize if i'm saying her last name wrong a-q-u-i-l-l-a hunter armstrong in swimming anavia battle in track and field and then henry and jackson leverett in shooting they're the five current ohio state athletes who are going Oh, Ruby Ramadi is a synchronized swimmer who's an incoming freshman. And then Christine Clemens, who I remember her trying to make the team in the past, she made it in track and field. And then, of course, Kyle Snyder, one of the greatest athletes in Ohio State history. He's back as an Olympian. And then Alec Yoder in gymnastics is the individual uh, expert, I think, in the pommel horse for the men's gymnastics team. And then those are the nine USA. And so there's 17 for other countries. There are six for Canada. This is both current and one and past Buckeyes. Six for Canada, one for France, two for Greece, one for Italy, one for Mexico, one for the Netherlands, one for New Zealand, one for Sierra Leone, one for Spain, one for Sri Lanka, and one for Trinidad and Tobago. Tobago. And then um, the, it's a lot of rowing. There are six Ohio State rowers going to the Olympics, none of them for Team USA. And I'm not trying to be, this is one of those things. What's the, what's the thing you're called when you're uh, only think about your country and you don't care about anybody else? Xenophobic. I'm not trying to be xenophobic, except the Olympics are run on xenophobia. I mean, it's literally the selling point. It's like America's awesome. Everybody else suck it. Watch the Olympics. So like I'm supposed to be xenophobic about the Olympics, especially when it comes to actually now you tilted your head. If you're like one of these people who's like, oh, I root for the Netherlands in the Olympics. No, I just, I just because don't know like, my great aunt, <laughs> my great aunt went to the Netherlands one time, actually get out of the country. Right. I mean, it's like, this no, no, is no. not, I was just saying, USA. The, the head you, turn is just that hey, xenophobic's not the term I would use. I'm for America. Nathan Baird is not. That's one of the things we learned on this book I talk. <laughs> So the thing is, and, and, and tell me, maybe it is xenophobic and maybe I'll get fired for this. I don't think it's wrong, but there is a part of me that especially it's like we are not we. Ohio State is supporting the Olympic movement of people who don't who don't do it for Team USA that like. American football players, and you can have football players who are from other countries. There are, I mean, everybody made a big deal because some guy from Germany was at Ohio State's camp. That's great. But that, like, hey, Garrett Wilson, we can't pay you because we had to build a new rowing building. And by the way, there are six Olympians on the rowing team, and none of them row for America. Like, I don't, I, you, so I guess you recruit the best athletes, but it, it is always a little weird to me. And it happens in basketball all the time. Gonzaga has a, great college basketball team with very important foreign players on it. But if you like have a thing where it's like, Hey, we're a state university. Sports are important to us. We want to provide opportunities to athletes, but our whole team is made up of foreign athletes because we can't find anybody in Ohio who can row. I'm not saying that's wrong, but like, there's a part of me that's kind of like, is there a little bit of a disconnect here? while all the, all the football players are paying for the Greece rowing team to have a couple of good athletes. Like, am I just a xenophobic white dingleberry? Or is there a little bit of like a, mm, about that? No, you are. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, like, <laughs> Fuck I it's, 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 it's like that across the big 10, by the way. I mean, when I covered Purdue, like their, their whole tennis program, their whole, a lot of the, the Olympic programs are, populated with with foreign players um so that that's that's not uncommon I, I see what you're saying i think again that's what gets me back to the point of all this time we've had a system set up where like if if where we're treating these people who are coming here i mean when you're coming here to do fencing at ohio state 
you're coming here as a student who fences. When you're coming here to do football, that's not always the case. You're often coming here as a football player who's going to go to college while you play football. I'm not trying to demean anything. I'm not saying there aren't great students on the football team, but I'm, let's be honest about what's happening there. And men's basketball too. So that's why it's always been silly to me that because we fear the undue influence of recruiting in football and basketball, then the fencers can't earn revenue for whatever they're going to earn revenue for. Like the, and to help offset the costs that they're paying for to go to school here, which they're paying for. That fencing scholarship ain't covering much. But I would argue that if you're a rower from Greece, you are a rower at Ohio State who happens to go to class. There's not a rower in Greece who's like, you know what? I'm going to go to Ohio State because I love their architecture program. I mean, they're no different than a football player well, who's here for football. If you're a rower from now, if you're somebody, you know, who now I'm sounding xenophobic. I, I'm not I'm not against those athletes being here. I am against an argument of like. We can't cut any sports. And if we pay the football players, we'll have to cut sports because we are here to provide opportunities. And it's like, you can't find anybody. You're a state school. You can't find anybody in Ohio to provide a couple opportunities to. Now, listen, I know there's not all full scholarships. Well, they're, a lot they're, they're paying more than a, they're paying more yeah, to go to school here than an in-state player would. But also, but I mean, but it's a $20 million row house. I mean, like, it's just sure. like, they, like Ohio State does not skimp on any of this stuff, which is why they have six Olympians on the rowing team. They built a new row house like in the last decade. And I think this is not a rowing podcast. I think you can probably draw a straight line from like great new rowing facility to six Olympic rowers. I bet that's a pretty straight line. And they built that new rowing facility because their football team makes a boatload of money. And the result of building that facility was recruiting athletes who go to the Olympics for Greece. And that's fine. But my, my main pushback would be, let's not act like if Ohio State didn't have that, Ohio State would not be fulfilling its duty as a state university to provide opportunities for students, right? Because nobody right. cares right. about rowing. Nobody watches it. Only rowers follow it. And they can't even get anybody from Ohio on the team. I'm sure there are people in Ohio on the team. I'm being but it, hyperbolic. But it, it goes back to that economic argument, though, because, again, because the football team creates this revenue and because they can't then turn around and give it back to the players, it's got to go somewhere. Right. And so I guess now I guess a row house is as good as anything, but a better thing would be to give money to Garrett Wilson because he earned it. I mean, frankly, I guess, in my opinion. Now, there is an argument here to be made, though, that like every time one of these athletes is shown in Olympic coverage. Does Ohio State come up? Are you building the brand of your university by having them, you know, getting this exposure on this international level across in, in all the countries are going to be broadcasting Olympics that, that I'm not saying it's, you know, every single time one of these athletes is shown because they won't all be shown, but that is, I'm sure, part of the equation. If you see, if you watch one second of the Greek rowing team, let me know. If it comes across your purview, let me know. Now, maybe say, in Greece, they'll be watching it. But then all that means is more Greek rowers are going to come to Ohio State, which is I'm not exactly sure that that's the primary mission of Ohio State University. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't often watch a lot of the Olympics. I'm not one of these people. Like I have these friends who are like normally like just normal American sports fans for four years or three years and 11 months and then all of a sudden they they pretend that they're like really into curling or whatever for one month and i'm just not one of those guys i don't i don't have a problem with the olympics but like if i'm like for instance getting ready for an ohio state football season and have to do work that relates to that i'm not going to be watching a lot of any olympic sports That's i once wrote we used to do these like two minute drill things at the place i used to work the little these little columns on the front page and i had the audacity one time to be like Oh, you know what? I'm I'm so busy like covering all your kids' high school sports. I don't really know what's going on with the Olympics. And got just all sorts of hate mail from people who are like, "Why are you even an American? What's wrong with you? You how, what kind of a sports writer doesn't watch every second of the Olympics?" So, I'm gonna go find that copy of that newspaper and write you a letter that says the same thing. <laughs> Again, what we're finding out. I mean, I it's the greatest thing I've ever covered. And there's just another, but I I've always watched it as a fan because there's just a next level thing. I mean, I'm watching, I'm watching the track trials of seven. Oh, by the way, this, this kid, Arion Knighton, 17 year old 
made the team, finished third in the 200 high school football recruit. I went to follow him on Twitter. Guess who was following him already? Brian Hartline. <laughs> so I look him up. He's from Florida. I, I'll go watch his, go on YouTube and find Arion Knighton football highlights. There is some high level coaching going on at his high school. Cause you know what they did? They lined him up at receiver and ran jet sweeps for the Olympian. And it was like, <laughs> Oh, he can't be caught. Oh, you want to throw a bubble screen to the guy who's the third fastest 200 runner in the, in the country. Now he gave up uh, high school football because he turned pro and he focused on track. So, um, Really interesting, which, by the way, and somebody was bringing this up, and again, I don't know the answer to this. We shouldn't ask questions on a podcast you don't know the answer to. The Ohio law does not cover high school athletes, right? Like, can, can, does a high school right. athlete, if, if the number one recruit in Ohio. they will. But why doesn't it already? Well, because, because it hasn't been, that issue hasn't been forced yet, but at some point it will be. Because it's because the issue for Ohio is that not actually based on principle. It's not actually based on the idea that in a, in a cap, in capitalism, people should be able to make money and the market should set itself. Nobody's trying to out recruit Ohio high schools. Alabama's not stealing Ohio high school athletes to come to Alabama high schools. So nobody cares. Yeah, there's, not a, there's not a principle involved here. I mean, is, is this going to increase the push to enroll early because you want to get those extra seven months of earning as a freshman? We got, we, that's the next, we got to write a story on this. That's the next question. Like, what's the, why not? What are you protecting? Cause all this time they think they being the powers that be who nobody should trust. They think they've been protecting something, but they wouldn't even be able to define anymore what it is they think they're protecting. So they finally gave in. So uh, I don't know. I mean, again, it's not illegal. It's would the OHSAA or your high school, like make you ineligible. Right. And I guess I guess as it stands, the OHSAA would make you ineligible. It's never been illegal. Somebody was arguing on Twitter, believe it. It's not illegal. They didn't put you in jail, right? If you did a if you did a commercial, you just lost your eligibility. You lost your right to play sports. So now the state of Ohio says you can't do that. The governing body for college sports can't do that. You cannot take away the eligibility. That's all this executive order does. But that executive order does not do the same thing for high school athletes at the moment. And I would wonder why, because it, it's all just a top down. Well, we think we're protecting something that doesn't need protected. But doesn't that seem like the next step? Like at some point, somebody is going to file a lawsuit and, and put enforce the issue. If it, it'll maybe it won't happen in Ohio, but it's going to happen probably in multiple places. They're going to say, what, what's the difference here? Why, why does one, if, if you, if, if this law prevents the NCAA from, um, from punishing an athlete, then why doesn't it also prevent the OH? OHSAA from punishing an athlete. We should call the OHSAA. I mean, we will. We will. We're, we're flying loose and raw here. I mean, I can You know, what are we going to do? We're busy. So we'll we'll check it out. I mean, it's an interesting. If if you're if it's based on principle, there's no reasoning for it. So if if right, I mean, it's just people should be able to make money, and it should not affect their eligibility to play sports. <laughs> right. That's the principle. But if it's not that, then you're getting into some other stuff and you're actually just doing stuff because Alabama did it first. Okay. Raw and loose. That was Buckeye Talk. Uh, we have some different ideas for the Wednesday pod. We haven't decided upon them exactly yet. We have some interesting stuff that I think we're pondering. Um, but we also have a lot of stuff to get to. I mean, like it's, it's, it, it is, it's crazy in the summer. It's crazy in the summer when you do a podcast five days a week. And, you know, radio hosts just have replacements. Colin Cowherd doesn't record 10 podcasts before he goes on vacation. They just either run reruns or they, you know, have a guest host, but like, I guess we'll just, uh, well, we didn't ahead. record a bunch when Steve, before Steven left and we're not recording a bunch before I leave, which happens a week. Well, we Wednesday. might be, Ooh, <laughs> you don't know it yet. I think we're recording some, but we're not recording. I think as many as we did with you. So anyway, that's the deal. I'm fired up. We didn't do like I, I felt bad. It's like I was so fired up in what I wrote the other day, and then we didn't talk about it immediately on the pod. But again, it's not a daily podcast. It's it's not. So I saved the rants for today. Well, it's it, but it's also a fluid situation. Um, you know, we had some resolution today, but it's probably not the last we've heard of it before Thursday. 
Yeah, but the rest of it's mumbo jumbo. The rest of it doesn't matter. Like it's going to happen by July 1st and then eventually going to pass it. And then it's all going to be Trump by federal legislation. So at some point I'm I'm done caring about this because they took care of it. So like the specifics is like, great, Senator Antoni got it passed and it's going to be that's great. I, of course, it's going to happen. But as Senator Antoni was like talking about like the football analogies, it's like I think he's was implying that he scooped up the fumble and lateraled it to Governor DeWine. Which, I, which, again, I'm not sure, like, on a fumble, I'm not a big fan of, like, the defensive guys, once they recover, get a turnover, like, trying to score, then you lateral it, because then you might fumble it on the lateral, and then the other team recovers, then you don't have a bill. Well, anybody, you know, Senator Antani looks like he would have been, like, a, you know, a, a left tackle, and I think he probably would have, or a, or a defensive tackle, and I think he's going to keep that for himself and, and run it in, right? Yeah. Those guys don't give Big up. Big guy touchdown. Ball. Yeah, for sure. We should have him on at some point, although I don't know what else we would cover. He would definitely come on. Um, I don't know what else we would cover. We've kind of covered it all probably too much. All right. He's Nathan. Back to more planned stuff. We appreciate you guys listening. Drop the review. Seriously, can we get a review? Just please a review. I'm, I'm not I'm not mad at the other review person. I'm just a little frustrated. So please and, can we get a review. Please. And please send us uh, Hey Buckeye Talk questions because uh, we need some new ones to answer. Yeah, yeah. We'll send out another sub, uh, tech subscriber call. If you want to be a tech subscriber, you're able to ask us questions and like have a back and forth. 614-350-3315. By the way, talking about vacations, I figured this out, Nathan. You're going on vacation in a little bit, which means I'm going to probably be on like the Thursday recruiting pod and that kind of thing while you're out. Um, our Browns podcast host is going on vacation, which means I'm hosting the Browns podcasts while he's out. And the National College Football Podcast that I'm starting starts the week of July 5th. So I figured it out. Over the next four weeks, I am doing at least 32 podcasts in four weeks between the Browns, Ohio State, and the National Pod. So I will try not to be cranky because I love talking, but that's a lot of talking. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, All right. For Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk.